Welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. And, I mean, uh, here we are, Bubba, unprecedented, the pandemic. Uh, you know, you are, are on location in the bunker. They've split us up because I think one of us is going to get COVID-19. Uh, but uh, the Rick and Bubba University podcast, hey, baby, she continues. Rick, we're still looking for patient zero clear so far. Right, so none of us have it. And, you know, someone else we, don't, we do not think has it is our guest this week. Uh, and we'll be talking with Chris Tomlin. Chris, welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Oh, that's it. What a privilege, man. This is big. This is big time. I have, I've done a lot of podcasts, but not this one. So this is, I've reached the pinnacle. Well, yeah, you can take your pen and you can go over to that box and you can check it today. <laughs> <laughs> How about I like this? You, I like to see you write a song. That's right. Take, take, take this one, toss it in the bucket and start writing the melody. Uh, uh, Chris, you know, I lay awake at night hoping you'll have a hit, but the, um, uh, let's talk a minute, all kidding aside about the seriousness, because it's obvious with what you do for a living. Uh, but I think the rest of, uh, uh, all of us have realized we had no idea so much of our economy was tied to people gathering. And of course, and and when you get into musicians and, and I know in your case, it's a little different because you know, uh, you're still you still have a lot of publishing going on and and all of that. But even with that, you know, the 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 folks that used to stay at home and say, you know, checks are coming to the mailbox because my music is selling. Those days, you know, that's pennies now, and the money yep. uh, for people to make a living. If you're a musician and and a, and a singer, especially songwriters, like say, have a little better situation. You go on tour, and 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 the tours are 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 put on hold. Yeah, it's real. And we're trying to figure this out. I mean, I had, uh, you know, you have everything planned um, by I have a just like everybody else have lots of people on salaries and lots of team and management and booking agencies and and then the band and crew and people that I take care of. And that's all on hold. And it's a it's an interesting time right now. I, um, you know, kind of thinking through that each day. God's blessed us for incredibly for to be able to uh, hold out for a few months. But, uh, but if, if, if the year was a shutdown, um, I, I'm not sure what, what the next step would be. You know, there would be, we'd have to just take some <clears throat> measures that I really don't want to take, but um, it, it's, it's definitely real. It's, it's quite an interesting moment for, especially for gathering people and being able to assemble and that kind of thing. I was just, I was talking to a guy that's um, just recently on the phone and he was, he's a, a business he helps families with their uh, business planning, wealth planning. is has nothing to do with me. I was just talking about some other things, and he was he was saying, "Yeah, I was going through the, I was going through the, the with the families that I help with their uh, investments, and I was t- I was telling them each sector how it's doing." He goes, "You know, the only sector that's really, really just getting crushed is kind of the uh, the one you're in." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh boy, there's some good news." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yes, it is." I was like. It is because that you're exactly right. What we do is, is, I mean, I really, my world doesn't really exist unless I assemble people, you, even from the church, even from a Sunday to, to concerts. And, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy time. I don't know if anybody saw this coming. Well, and you know, Bubba, you and I talked about this even in last week's podcast, cause we were talking with somebody that, that does events, conferences, and things like that. And, and if that was the only thing that, that I did for a living was the, the part of what I do when I go out and speak at conferences, every single thing that I had booked for, for March and for April and now May has started, they're all postponing or canceling. 
And so what we forget also, let's say that Chris Tomlin was coming to town. Now, we certainly know about your crew. We certainly know about the band. And, but you know what a lot of times we don't think about is the impact to the community that now doesn't have that concert coming to town. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, yeah. A lot of different things to think about. Yeah, the venues, and you think about what also, okay, so think about, okay, so everything for us has pretty much been canceled through June. And so for us, we were, we're hoping we're, we've been planning this really massive fall tour, probably the largest of my career thus far. And we've been on hold. It's been under wraps. We've been like not being able, we've been like putting this thing together. And now we're thinking, okay, so say that everything lifts in July. Do you understand? You have to start selling tickets. Are people going to want to start buying tickets to something where everybody's like skittish and like, um, and so it even affects, even though we may be able to meet in the fall, it affects like people like a little skittish of a, should I come to this or should I not? Or can I, can, and can you really promote something? Hey, everybody, we're getting together, you know, in, in the middle of everybody in their isolated homes. Hey, everybody, let's come together this September. It's going to be awesome. You know, it's like, okay, I got to think through how to, how to even think th- what's the next wise move for those kind of things. Yeah. Well, what's appropriate. Yeah. yeah. It's just a different world. I mean, we, we can't even think in those terms. And, you know, we, we all hope that it's going to be over at the end of April, but we don't know. We don't know what the numbers are going to say. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's scary. It's scary for everybody. But I think it's a great time to, uh, for our faith, for people to, 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 you know, we've got all these extra things out of the way. We've been talking about that on the show a lot. Uh, to really zero back in and, uh, you know, get to spend time with your family. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes not so good uh, <laughs> after a long time. But, you know, from a faith standpoint, uh, we were talking about it. And Rick made a great point that maybe we should pray not for this to be over, but for us to learn our lesson that God's trying to teach us in it. And when we learn that, I think everything else will take care of itself. Man, you are saying it's so strong. I'm, God has shown me so much in these days. And I'm so... Um, you know, I feel like the things I was just talking about feel very small to what a lot of people are going through. And, um, and, and I just definitely recognize this. And I'm so grateful for my family at this moment. I'm so grateful to be around my kids. You know what? My, my best friend has it mm. and has been going through it and, um, was not just has it in a mild way, but, um, almost, almost, it almost got to the end, almost lost his life. And it was, and he's my age and, you know, and healthy and all that stuff. And, you know, you just think about, he just, it was very sobering for me when I started talking to him because he was like, man, I'm telling you, don't get around anybody. You don't want this. And just the mental thing I had to go through in my head with my kids and my family and all those kind of things. And it's, it's very real. And, but it brings you to the, it brings you back to, I, I saw this thing from um, Bill Gates. Who would have thought that Bill Gates would be a, uh, uh, get pastoring people at this moment. He said, he said, I see everything as spiritual in the world. And he said that, uh, he said, I don't see this as the great disaster. I see it as the great corrector. And he was talking about how that he said, I feel like this is correcting a lot of things in people's lives as far as where we've kind of gotten off. And I was, and what you were saying, Bubba is incredible. I feel like it's corrected me in a lot of ways of just my time with, uh, the Lord and, and all those kind of things that, and my dependence on where do I put my hope? Do I put my hope in wall street, is my hope there. Well, that's not a very good place is my hope is CNN and Fox news and all those things. Is that, is that where my shepherd is? is that the, who I'm really looking to if, how's that doing for me? Cause that's just making me more anxious every day. And so it's like, where is my hope and where am I putting my faith? And, and that's, that's been an amazing, amazing thing for me. Yeah. I, I will tell you that I've told this story a good bit, but I think you did, you just parlayed into it. 
uh, what Bubba said and what we just talked about. So we're going through the Gospel of John uh, in in the Wednesday Bible study that we do, and we just finished John sixteen thirty three, uh, which you know it wrap it up and then gets into the priestly prayer in seventeen. And Jesus is getting to the end, and of course he realizes that the disciples claim that they've got it. Hey, we got it. And he says, so you really, you really, you really got it. And they, yeah, we got it. And what he's saying is, you really don't. He said, what's going to happen is I'm going to go to the cross, which y'all can't seem to get. Uh, and when I go to the cross, y'all going to scatter and run everywhere. Okay, that's what's about to happen. You don't really have it. And so then, but then after the rebuke, he says, then he gives the encouragement, which is John 16, 33. I say this so that you'll have peace in me. Okay, he doesn't say so you have peace in, like you said, Chris, e- your economics. You're not going to have you're not gonna have peace in what you do for a living, your vocation. You're not, look, no, we love our wives and we love our children. You're not even going to find peace in them. Certainly you will to a degree. The only place you're going to have peace when you get to what he says next, in this world you will face tribulation. Not you might. You know, not, well, it may happen, it may not. No, you will face tribulation because this world's broken. And there's going to be times, like here in a minute, I'm going to show you that the world's broken, so stop trying to find your peace in this world. You're only going to find it in me. And what he's saying is, so he continues to do things to remind us until we get it that we only really find peace in him. Then he says, here's why. I've overcome the world. I've really overcome the problem, and you're going to have peace in me. So you go, well, where can I find peace? In Jesus, period. And, and so what he does is he takes away all these other things we keep trying to find peace in, and he reminds us how, how, they're, how they're gone and they can disappear at the drop of a hat. And so remember, the only thing that won't disappear is what I've done for you. And ultimately, I'm going to fix this world. So I, I've yep. overcome it. And, and I think what we all do, Rick Burgess certainly does it. Okay, I'm as guilty as any human being. We try to make heaven on earth. And, and he has to keep yep. coming back down. And just like we talked about, the way we're doing church, and I'm, this is not I'm not this is not a mandate on the on the American church. There's a lot of things about the American church we need to fix. However, he is we can all agree he's taking the way we do church and says not doing it that way right now. Going to shake it up. And so, like you both are saying, if we get back to normal, let's not get back to the normal we had because undoubtedly he didn't like that one. And and, yeah. and 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 I remember that I had a friend of mine that really put it best. I'll never forget it. And, and it's a friend of Bubba's too, named Rich Wingo. And, and he is a devout follower of Jesus. And he went through a point where he had a stroke, lost his job, uh, was afraid he wouldn't be able to get his, his memory back, didn't know the damage it had done to his brain, had lost his job in the, in the 2008 disaster uh, and all that. He, had, he was out of work and just had a stroke. And so he comes to me, and this is, he had helped me through, you know, when, when, when we went through our calamity in, in 2008. And so this was after that. And so he comes to me, and, and, he, and I said, man, I want to pray for you. And he said, okay, well, what are you going to pray? <laughs> we all know what we would say, right? I'm going to pray you get a job, and I'm going to pray that this damage of the stroke is minimal. And you know what he said? Well, then don't pray for me. I said, what? He said, I, wow. want, you, I want you to pray that God holds me into this fire, and he doesn't release me until I learn everything he's trying to teach me. I don't want to be released until I've been refined by it. Wow, <laughs> and, 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 and and I thought to myself, okay, I got some work to do, you know. But but but, 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 but you yeah, know, I got to get my shovel out. But you know? but you know what? He gets it. You know, that's that's First Peter one six and seven. And this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials to test the genuineness of your faith, that it may pass the refinement test. Gold, when it's refined by fire, perishes, 
but that we may get to the other side of the test and do what? Glorify Jesus. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, and, and, and pass the test. You know, this has been a, I think that people are going to find that God does incre- some incredible things that they didn't see coming in this time. I can, when I was, uh, when I was nine years old, I went through this um, in a different way. I was isolated for the entire summer. I got mono when I was nine mm. and the doctor said, um, you, Chris, you can't play. I, I was in a baseball, little league baseball, just like any boy growing up in Texas would be. And I was, and, and the doctor said, you have to be at home all summer. You can't be with your friends. You're very contagious. You're, you're in the house. You're isolated to the house for six weeks all summer. I just got out of school. I was looking forward to baseball. I was like, are you kidding me? And I just like something that's going on in so many homes right now. My parents came home there. My dad worked at pharmacy and he's like, son, you are driving us crazy. We got to find <laughs> something for you to do. You got to find something. And he said, you want to learn to play the guitar? How about like, that? I was like, okay. And he put a guitar in my hand, started every morning, said, I taught me a few chords. It was all Willie Nelson, of course. That's all he knew. And uh, he said, uh, he said, he, he would teach me these songs. And then he would go to work and come back and I'd learn them all day. Little did I know that what I thought was the worst thing in my life put me on a trajectory that changed my life forever. And that what, what I thought was the end was the beginning of something. And I think for a lot of people, that's going to happen. And, and maybe you don't see it, maybe you don't see it right now. And maybe you're just pulling your hair out. Like my kids are going crazy and driving me crazy. Or maybe you're a kid sitting at home and you're like, man, what, am I, what, what is this? I, I want to be with my friends. You have no idea. I mean, I was so bummed, but now looking back, it's like, wow, how, how God has, he sees things and he sees the whole picture. You know, and that's why we got to trust. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, some of the things that are going on. I, I, I want to get to what this new project, and we got time to yeah. do that. That's the beauty of the podcast. We got time. So hey, look, Rick, before we're done, yeah. I, I need Chris's help with uh, uh, an issue I'm having. So just save me time for that. No, no problem. Okay, okay Bob, I can't wait to hear that, by the way. Can't, I can't wait either. Yeah. So, so let's talk about. It's going to be glaringly obvious when I bring it up. Okay. When we, when we get to you know, having you on and, and certainly in many, many circles, you're, you're a household name. People go and, you know, I remember the first time somebody gave me your first ever CD and they're like, you're going to love this guy. And I'm like, well, that's an awful, you know, presumptuous statement. I, maybe I won't, you know, cause I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm always saying, Hey, don't, somebody, and then you almost push back. You know, you almost want to say, Oh, well, now I took you to the highest standard. So, I, so, so we started listening and, and loved it and, and loved what you did and then didn't realize how many hymns I was singing that you had written, but we assume that everybody knows Chris Tomlin and knows his story, but many people watching this and listening to this may not. You mentioned what happened with mono. So we see that's the step into you learning the guitar, but, but how, how do you, what was the road uh, that, that kind of went from, all right, I learned how to play guitar and then, then you ended up where you are now. Yeah. I, I know you told the story on the Christmas tour about, you know, how great is our God and uh, and that's when we fell in love with We the Kingdom, by the way. Uh, but uh, I mean, oh hey, and I, the audience has fallen in love with them. I mean that was yeah, they're amazing. Uh, yeah. So so anyway, thank you for bringing that in and letting us see that for the first time. I'd never heard of them until that night. Uh, but t- t- what what happened? How did you how did you get into? Uh, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. Uh, I'm I'm going to write about Jesus. Uh, I'm I'm going to write songs. That, you know, in in this genre. What what's the Chris Tomlin story? Oh, man, thank you for letting me share that. I love sharing this because it's it's one of those where every time I tell it, I'm like, I cannot believe this. This is how this is how it happens. It's just one of those. It's 
only God kind of things. I think you'll see that through this, what I'm about to share. But so my dad teaches me to play guitar. Like I said, he started teaching me because I have mono and I can't go to the, leave the house. And I started learning songs. I grew up in the church. I love playing in the church. I love playing songs in my church. And that, it was a small town. I grew up in a really small town called Grand Saline, Texas, which means big salt, Texas. There's like a salt block. There's a little, a little salt block in Main Street. People come all over and lick it. It's just the, <laughs> they don't now. Disgusting. Yeah, okay. they, yeah, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so they have the Salt Palace, and they're the Salt Queen, the Salt Rodeo. Everything is about Morton Salt. If you've ever poured Morton Salt on anything, it comes from my town. Everybody's a miner, miners in the salt mine kind of thing. And I was, I come in this little town, two thousand people. I had forty people in my high school kind of thing. And um, I was from a little, little town and I had the one church there and I would play the music because I was the only kid who could kind of play something. So they had me up there playing songs. And I just loved it when people would um, sing with me. And I didn't even know at that time God was putting that in me, like wiring me that way. But I would go home and tell my mom and dad, I was like, I don't really like it when people like when I'm up there and they're just watching me. I really like it when people start singing with me. So I started trying to write songs in that way that were simple that people could just sing. There was this was before the huge explosion of worship music everywhere. I mean, my church, it was three hymns, the same three hymns, skipping the third verse, first, second and fourth, three hymns, the message and the Cowboys. Right. It was like it was you did that. (laughs) That's what you did. And look, the time of response had to be just as I am. If it's not, you can't even do it just as I am. But make sure it wasn't before it was done before kickoff. Right. right. Cowboys at noon. So that was the thing growing up. And. Uh, but I got so I started getting some opportunities to play and uh, at church, and then I was asked to do. There was a guy in my in my in my hometown. He played and traveled, and I thought that was the coolest thing. He played to other churches, other churches had him come play. And I thought, wow, incredible. He was about my dad's age. One day he comes around and he's I'm a I'm in high school, and he says, Hey, I talked to your dad. I'm, I'm driving out to Texarkana. Would you like to um, Would you like to come and set up my keyboards and set up my guitar and sell tapes in the back that'll tell you what years it was it was oh, selling yeah. tapes in the back <laughs> and i was like sure i'd love to and i was like this is awesome and so we drove about a three hour drive from where i lived and so we uh i was selling tapes in the back i set up everything helping him and in the middle of the concert he said hey i got a um, good friend here in the back his name is chris he's selling the tapes in the back and he traveled with me tonight and um he's from my town where i'm from and you know what? I'm just going to walk off the stage and he's going to finish the concert. And I was just like, are you, I mean, he didn't mention this to me. He never said this. We had a three hour drive. He didn't say he was going to do this. I was like, Oh my gosh. And there's about 500 kids. It was a youth kind of thing. That was, you know, as big as my town almost. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And I, and, and everybody's concerned and look at me. I'm back there at the tape table, just kind of like during the headlights. And I walk up there and I play some songs and I'm, I think it was pretty awful. And afterwards, I'm back. I go back to the tape and start selling his tapes. And afterwards, a youth pastor comes and says, "Man, that was, that was incredible. Can you come play at our church?" And I'm thinking, "Gosh, the music at your church must be so bad." Because <laughs> I mean, that was, <laughs> that was that was not great. And so I said, "Sure." I wasn't smart enough to say I'm not ready yet. I was like, "Yeah, I'll go." And he said, "We're going to do this week long crusade and a youth crusade in the summer for youth." And I mean, they're all my age. I'm 18 at this point. I'm graduating. I'm graduating high school. He's like, we're going to, could you come and do the music for the week? I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So I, I, it's getting closer to that time. And I'm really, I'm realizing I don't really know enough songs to play for a week. I know like three or four songs. That's about it. And I'm supposed to play every night of this thing. And ever all these kids are my age. I'm like, what am I going to do? I've never done this before in my life. 
I get a call from this guy. He's got this deep voice. I'll never forget this as long as I live. He's got this huge deep voice. He says, uh, Chris, my name is James. And um, um, I'm speaking at this event. And I see your name on there. And I'm calling you because uh, I've never heard of you. And I'd like to know what <laughs> I'd like to know what kind of music you do if we're going to be partnered for this week. And I was like, well, James, I was like, the reason you've never heard of me is I've never done this before. And you're calling me. I, I live with my parents. <laughs> 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 you're, you're calling me. I don't know what I'm I don't really know what I'm doing. I said, I know three songs. And uh, he's like, and there's like, imagine the long pause on the phone. And he was just like, um, okay. He said, can I send you some music? And I was like, to learn. I was like, yes, please. And I remember he sends me these tapes and CDs of these worship songs. And it was, it was simple songs. Like, I love you, Lord. And Lord, you're more precious than silver. All these early choruses. And I was like, wow. And I remember getting note cards. And I wrote all the songs down the note cards. And I learned them on my guitar. And I wrote all the, all the chords. And I came loaded with this first, first thing I ever did with these set of note cards. I came loaded with it and every night I would get there before the kids got in the in the room and it would I would set the note cards down on the stage and I would just in the order that I was going to do the songs and I would just look at those note cards and play songs I never looked at anybody never never even addressed the people were in the room I was scared <laughs> to death I was just like just get up there and play my songs on the note cards at the end of the week I say this for this reason at the end of the week James he comes to me and he says he's he was kind of coaching me through the whole week hey man you might want to just welcome people you might want to pray you might want to say something look you're... up <laughs> exactly. and I, I know i know people can't see me right now but what i'm talking about i'll try to say visually i was doing every song i would play the note card and i would stop and then i would take my mic stand and move it to the next note card and move down and i had the note cards down down the stage in the order i mean i was just it was a mess he's like two things james at the end of the week said two things chris one is you have no idea what you're doing. And I was like, yes, got that. He's like, and, and he said, the second thing I want to tell you is you have no idea how God's going to use your songs all over the world. What? And at this point, yeah, exactly. And I said, what, what? And he, I and he said, I've been praying for you all week and I've been praying for you. God is telling me that he's going to use your songs all over the world. Wow. Now, Rick, Bubba, I didn't have any songs. I'm on looking at note cards. I'm playing other people's songs. And he said, you're going to write songs and the whole world's going to sing them. And I remember he put his hand on my head. We're standing there and he just reaches out and puts his hand on my head. Now, as a Texas boy growing up in a Baptist church, I wasn't ready for that. And there was no like head bowed, eyes closed. He's just looking straight at me, puts his hand on my head. And he said, God, I pray you make Chris a psalm writer for his generation. And it was like lightning went through me, man. And I was like, and he said, and, and, I left that place going, going, I don't know what just happened, but something did. And I began to write, so I began to start writing songs in this way, trying to write songs in this way. And sure enough, next few years, things keep going and opportunities start coming and I'll get into college. And now every, I don't even know how this is happening, but every weekend people are asking me to come play. I'm starting to write little songs and people are finding out about them. And they're hearing of them and they're like, Oh, we're, we love those songs. Our youth group's playing those songs or, Oh, you're the guy who wrote these songs. And, can you come play at our church? And it just keeps growing and growing and growing until, and then the songs just keep expanding and expanding. And it was like, I think it was probably 10 years where I felt like the songs were really, they were the arrow out of the bow. They were going way further than me, but I was just chasing songs around the country. I would, people, people didn't know who I was. I'm trying to say is, but they knew these songs. 
these songs were being sung and they were putting two and two together and they'd come invite me to come play. It was probably 10 years before kind of I caught up with the songs. Like, oh, that's the guy behind the songs. And so, but God was just, I was starting to write these songs and it's crazy how, how full circle God brings everything. Last year at this time, well, in February of last year, um, it was, well, it was fast forward about 20 something years. Um, after that, James, the same James calls me and he says, hey, um, still, still deep voice. He said, man, um, he said, man, I'm a, I feel like God wants me to run for Congress. And I was like, okay. And uh, he said, um, would you, uh, would you campaign for me? He said, I'm, I'm in Oklahoma now. Would you campaign for me? I was like, sure. I mean, he said, I need some, I need to get people. At the, he goes, we come to the Walmarts and everything and do a little concert for me. I, you know, he was kind of, I was his payback, right? He's like, I got you started. Can you like, can you help me out? <laughs> and uh, it was one of those things. I was like, okay. I'll do that. And so we started doing these little campaigns for him. He wins. He's never run for anything. Yeah, yeah. He wins U S congressman from Oklahoma. And then two years later, I'm looking on the TV and there's Wolf Blitzer talking about something with the foreign relations committee. And there is James. And he says, Senator James Langford. And I was like, wow. Oh my gosh. I said, you're a Senator now. And, and, uh, I called him and I was like, how'd you become a Senator? He goes, well, I was here for two years and then the Senate seat opened and now I'm u.s senator and now he's on the he's on the um so many things he's on the finance committee he's on all these things running so many things you see him on the you'll see him on the news all the time he oh yeah I've, I've actually met him he because uh, he and uh, scott dawson uh yeah. are actually friends with scott dawson evangelistic association and i've met james langford and there's that voice you're talking about and uh, and and he's a he's a fighter no doubt about it i had no idea that james langford was the one that prayed yeah. to give us chris Tomlin. He's right. That's it, crazy. And so he said, so he said, would you help me run? So I did. I helped him run. He wins. All he, he becomes his senator and everything. And then last year he said, hey, I'm in charge of the national prayer breakfast of all things. Why don't you come lead it with me? And I was like, OK, so last year you can imagine me standing there with James. And I'm thinking about being 18 years old. Wow. And there are. I think there was about 140 nations represented. There was about 3000 leaders, as you know, what that, you know, what that thing is. And it was an overflow of everything. And here's the president, the vice president, and uh, all sitting here next to me and Jimmy and James. And I'm thinking about <laughs> being 18 years old and him saying the whole world's going to sing your songs. Mm. I'm sitting there and no one knows that everybody just knows as Chris Tomlin up there now, but I'm up to his plan. And man, I was, um, I was a mess, bro. I couldn't keep it together. I was just saying, God, how, how did you see all this? And, and, uh, and when I was, you know, again, a, a, just a kid trying to look at note cards, didn't even know what he was doing, scared to look at anybody. And then here, here we are. And so the, the wow. journey has been incredible. I look, I look around and I'm just like, gosh, I, I I'm so grateful that I, you know, I, I didn't, I, I tell people this a lot, but you know, I wasn't smart enough to market. There was no marketing plan. There was no, yeah. I didn't have a team around me. There was nobody saying, Hey, this is what, how we're going to do it. God just took these songs and started just through his spirit, just started blanketing the country with them. It started in Texas and then it just went out and then it started, started getting emails from songs overseas being translated in different languages and these churches. And I was just like, Wow. And, and then everything caught up and then record companies start calling and they're like, Hey, we want to get, we, we would love to publish this and those kind of things. And all that stuff came way later, but I especially just tells, tell people who are like in the waiting of like, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Um, you know, you just, 
I, when I was, when I was uh, an eighth grader, I remember praying. I remember it being in a worship night um, with a bunch of kids and I felt like God was speaking to me. I didn't even know what that meant. I just felt like my whole body was on fire. And I remember running out the back of the, of the, the little place where we're meeting and leave. I'm, I remember taking off running and I can, I can take you to the exact tree today. I, 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 I found this tree outside. It was the middle of the night. The, the camp camp counselors were running, looking for me because they charged me and I was gone. And I found this tree and I just knelt under this tree and I said, God, whatever you want. I said, I know you're speaking to me. And I remember saying this to the Lord. I can remember that as an eighth grader, these words, I know you're speaking to me. I have no idea what you're saying. You, I'm an, you are, I said, I'm an eighth grader. You're God of all creation. And I said that, yeah. and I said, I have no idea what you're saying, but I want to say that I am available, whatever you want for the rest of my life. I am available to you. And I think that's what, I think that's what, that's what God is looking for and saying, I, I didn't say I want to be a songwriter. I want to be a singer. I want to do this. I want to do that. I just, Lord, I want to be available wherever, wherever you lead me. And here we are t- talking together. And I just, it's just unbelievable to me well, um, when I think about what God has done and so, so grateful every day. Yeah. Two things I t- take away from that. Number one, and, and certainly not the first people to say this, but I've heard it said before and you did it, just put your yes on the table. Just go to God and say, here's my yes. Now we don't. You didn't know it was going to be this. You just said, "Here's my yes." And the other thing is, of all the things you didn't know, Bubba, all the things that you and I have seen that we didn't know, have you thought about all the things we don't know now? Oh, I know. It's scary. Isn't it? it's <laughs> I mean, scary. what's next? What, 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 yeah. We don't know what God's going to do with the rest of our life. Rick, let's be honest. Uh, February, we didn't know was going to be involved that, in a pandemic. No, you're we? right. You're right. Chris, that's an amazing story. Uh, it's just it's crazy how all that happens and how God can move and and uh, and yeah. do that. I did want to tell you two things. You said something about people can't see you. We can see you on the podcast, by the way. Yeah, we, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah we put video. it on. We and, put it on and YouTube. And I don't want to scare you, but a young lady broke in your house right behind you during that segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on YouTube and on the podcast, so uh, you can see it and hear it. Either one, you can take your, you take your pick. I'll tell I'll tell Lauren I'll tell Lauren she's on the podcast. Listen, I wish she would come in and sit down with you. This that's, is great. I love this format. Chris, thanks for sharing uh, that testimony with us. I, I can never hear it enough. But let, let's talk about what's going on uh, that that's that's right now and, and going to be coming out this summer. Uh, it, it's 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 together, and this is a collaboration record. I know you and Thomas Rhett have a song that's out right now. So t- how did this all happen? Yeah, this is crazy. I uh, I. The short story of it is I, a year ago at this time, I didn't know anybody that was on this record. Honestly, I made them think there's one person that I'm going to be on this record that I knew that I knew of. I, I knew who these people were, but I didn't, I didn't know them personally. And um, about this, I've been May of last year. I was went to a, um, I was went down vacation with my family, went to a gym to work out. As you can tell, you can probably see me. Oh you know? yeah. Looking but, good. I mean, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> not not me really. Too. Me too. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, turn it I'm down, totally. Tomlin. Easy. Don't cause women to stumble. All right, go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Totally kidding. So I went to like, uh, you know, do a little workout and I'm in the gym by myself. And then this other guy walks in. I was like, I recognize that guy. And it was Tyler Hubbard. who's the lead singer of Florida Georgia Line. And I was like, oh, I know this guy. So I walked up and I just said, I didn't think this conversation, again, not expecting the conversation to go where it just, where it's about to go. I walked up and said, hey, Tyler, um, my name is Chris Tomlin. And he's like, are you kidding me? And I was like, uh, no. And he said, 
bro, this I'm not like this is as fast as it went. It went. He goes, bro, this is crazy. This is full circle of my life. This is full circle of my life right now. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, you're the reason I'm in music. And I was like, what? He goes, and I started. Then I felt my age. He's like, when I was in the eighth grade, oh, I started boy. listening. <laughs> <laughs> and then for a minute he goes wait a minute i thought you were james langford now go ahead <laughs> he goes he said i was i started listening to you and i wanted to and i wanted to do what you did i so i started in high school and i started worship being a worship leader in my youth group in high school and he goes i can tell you where i was standing on a freshman at belmont and at, in bridgetown arena in nashville at this, at this conference called passion he starts talking to me about passion like i don't know what it is that's funny and he's like he goes it was this college conference and i was a student there and you were leading. I saw all these students singing. I thought, this one I'm do the rest of my life. He said, the next week, I meet BK, who's his duo partner. And he said, uh, he's leading worship at Belmont at a Wednesday night thing. We become a worship duo. We start making $100 a week at this church north of Nashville. And uh, he said, and then we're writing country songs. And then the country songs explode. And the rest is history. And my life goes crazy. You get uber famous, uber rich, everything that comes with that. And... He said, and now God's done so much in my life. And it just brought, brought me back to him in so many different ways. He's, this is five minutes in the conversation. And he said, and I walk in here today and, it's, and you're standing here. And it's another sign of God just speaking to me. And he goes, this is full circle in my life, man. I think we're supposed to be friends. We, sh- we should hang out. I'm thinking, okay. So we exchange numbers. I'm thinking I won't hear another word from him. You know, <laughs> the next morning he texts me. He's like, hey, bro, what are you doing? I was like, I'm with my, I'm with my fam. He's like, let's get together. Let's start writing some songs. So I was like, oh, he's let's just let's just smash things up. My world, your world, the way I write, the way you write. Let's just smash things up and see what happens. See what God's maybe doing in all of this. We're connected for a reason. And we so we, so we just started having fun writing songs. One day we're writing songs and he said, what do you think if you came out on tour with us? And I was like, <laughs> I cannot imagine. I mean, I mean, this is, it's as party as it gets, right? They are the party <laughs> country band. Oh, yeah. Right. And I was like, I cannot. He goes, What if we did some praise in the middle of our concert? I was like, Are you kidding me? He's like, No. He goes, I think I, I, I just want to see what happens. I was like, Okay. So we did. We put in Atlanta last year and Vegas last year. Atlanta was amazing. He goes, Let's go to do it in Vegas. Let's see what we got. He goes, That'll tell us what we got. And I was like, Okay. So we did it. And it was amazing. People never who didn't see it coming. And they're in the middle of just, it's been like, just beer fest all day and country party town. And here in the middle of it, Tyler just stops and he goes, you know, I just want to take a moment. I've got a friend here. He's the reason BK and I got in music and um, we're going to have to have a moment of praise to God. You know, we grew up in, in leading worship in our churches and, and we did, and we had this moment and I just I don't even know how it's going to work. But I was like, are you, are you, I was like, if you're going to open the doors for this, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I do this? So it was incredible. So things have progressed and like, what if we make a record together? What if we did something when we were at these songs, make records? So we're calling the record together. It's me and Florida Georgia Line and Thomas. Now we've gotten lots of friends who have the same heart. They love the Lord. And this gives them an opportunity to share their faith by coming on with me and writing songs. And so all kinds of people on this. Shay from Dan and Shay, Thomas Rhett, FGL, Russell Dickerson, who's blowing up. He was my guitar tech three years. Uh, he was three years of me on the bus as my guitar tech. Now he's become, becoming a country star. All these people, so it's kind of like these, um, a lot of the country artists and me. So it's really fun. My dad put a guitar in my hand and said, boys, he said, son, it's three people, Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, that's who you need to know in life. 
was like, okay. And now I'm at full circle for me making a record with all these country guys. It's so funny you said that. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm looking at you doing the announcements on social media and Sherry, my wife's across the room. And, and you said, I got this big announcement coming up. And I'm like, hey, Tom has got an announcement. And so I, I was, and she goes, okay. And she hauled us across the room. I did not think you were going to announce Florida Georgia line. When you announced that they were doing something with you, I sat there and I leaned in and Sherry says, "What what's happened?" I said, "I think he said Florida Georgia line," and and, and I mean I did not see that coming, and, and right. so and then here's the beautiful thing: the fans of Florida Georgia line didn't see that coming either. And, and no, so, they did not. And, and so the cool part is here's God opening doors in so many bizarre ways to get you in oh. front of people who who might not otherwise have 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 have, have heard you do what you do. Uh, no, Chris, it's, it's, is this I'm, your is this your way of telling us to watch for you? You're going to be hosting the CMAs. Is that, is that <laughs> where this is going? Could you imagine? No, I don't think it's going that far. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but but I, you can just see how this could be woven together and, and give you a whole new audience. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, it, it's amazing. And these guys, I'm just getting getting to know that know them and know Thomas and his heart and just how much he. I mean, his heart for children mm-hmm. and it's just incredible. I mean, these these guys have an amazing amazing uh platforms that god's given them and i think that uh you know thomas came to me and he's like i just been thinking man what am i doing what am i doing with all these platforms this influence god's given me and i want to do something i want to make a difference and i just love that so bubba you definitely want to ask chris something that he could help you with before we wrap up today well you know this zoom format we're having a little different camera shot than we usually do and uh chris you know a few years ago i had to you know go to the reading glasses like so many of us do when we get into our (laughs) you know, forties and whatever. And I look terrible in mine. I mean, you, it, you know, you wear them down on your nose, you look over them and all that. And I know she have real hip glasses and I just want to know, are those readers or are they something else? Uh, they are readers, man. Last year, last year I woke up and could not, I mean, it's like Vaseline. Day. It's like Vaseline's in your eyes. Right. In one day I woke up. I, my too. My see a thing. I was like, yeah. I can't look. I was like, babe, I have no idea what any of this says. I don't know what has happened, and so here we are. But they look- yeah, mine happened that way. I hear some people, they, you know, it goes over time. I literally got up one morning, could not see the newspaper, and I told <laughs> Betty, I said, I got pink eye or something. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. And, had, uh, yeah. and everybody said, no, you're you're over 40, and now I have like a thousand pair of glasses stuck around. But I don't like mine. I think yours looks hip. See, I look well, like an old man trying to do you look, this. You're looking good, man. You look yeah, good. Yeah, that's right. I look real good. So I got it. So those are just readers. They're like plain, and then you got the the magnifier yeah. on the bottom. I just got a yeah. I got a reading that's, prescription in them. Yeah, yeah. Man, that is awesome. I, yeah, I gotta yeah. hip it up, Rick. There's nothing, ain't no way around. Well, I had to go full glass. I had to give up too. I went from no glasses, LASIK surgery. Uh, then I went to readers and now I just finally gave. It was so funny, it, and it says a lot. I said I always use this as an example of the Holy Spirit is when I went to the eye doctor and he said, all right, you still can do the readers. And I said, so I don't need glasses for just functioning in life. He goes, you're, you're on the borderline. How would you like though, if I show you how you could see? And I was yeah. like, oh, he's got me now. You know, he's got me now. <laughs> and, and he, and he hands me the glasses. He goes, now this is how you could see. And I said, okay. I said, you're trying to do the, now the clarity of the Holy spirit has hit me. I now can see. And he said, he said, yeah. So then I just went with glasses and, and, so, you know, went so with what Chris, I did you go with like the line or is it where it's all runs together so you can't see it? Um, I progressive, is, I think they call it. I, I tried the progressive at first and then I couldn't, I, I was just like, 
I was hitting walls in my head. You know, I can't, I don't know where I'm going. Right. And so I just, I said, no, just give me the reader thing. And so like to, I take them off when I'm like talking to people because I can, I can see fine. But with like, if I'm just like, if I yeah. have to read something or I just can't see, so I just put them on for that. What yeah. you so could you do. basically have full readers, then, yeah. not just the little ones. You got the full thing. Right? Full readers. Yeah. Full what, readers. what you could have done, Chris, is go to the progressive and then put your index cards on the stage again and look down yeah. through it. Yeah. You've been able to read them. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Well, Chris, oh, man. yeah, it's been great. Thanks. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Thanks for being such a good friend, uh, over the years. And, and I, and I was thinking back to, you know, even the times that you have been more than willing to, to come alongside, you know, back in the, in the, I mean, we did the stadium fest things and, you know, this is when you were really, you know, just God was just taking you to a whole new level and you, you came and you did that with us. And, um, you've just been such a good friend to the show and good friend to our family. And, and I'm excited about this new door, uh, that God has opened uh, for you because uh, even in country music, you, you, you know, we know this and been doing secular entertainment too. Some of these people that, that may be, you know, followers of Jesus, you know, in their personal life and they don't really know how to balance the two in the world, but not of the world. And, uh, you know, this could be an opportunity for you to maybe help them along that path as well, because I think they, some of them sound like they're eager. They're just not sure how to balance all of it. So exactly uh, right. Yeah. It, it might be a great exactly opportunity right. and certainly you're going to get access to an audience that, that needs to hear what God's saying through you. Right. Incredible. I'm, I'm well, so Craig, grateful. and grateful Craig, to be with you guys. Man, our, our pleasure. We want to have you back sometime. Have your wife on. Man, we remember when you were praying for a godly woman. That's been a while back, you know? Yeah, I remember when you when you guys set me up with a girl on the show. Do y'all remember that? <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I thought we'd get through this without that. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's PTSD right now. I am so scarred from that moment. Yeah, and you, you remember, there was something similar. We were doing something, I think, with Nasser. And and we were over at his house, and our wives and everything were over there. And I, I made some comment to you, and I remember your face. I was like, is, is there something wrong with you we don't know about? I mean, is there, is there an issue? And and we got everybody together and prayed for you. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but look, see, all in God's timing. All in God's timing. Hey, and that, yeah, God's blessing me. I got two beautiful little girls. Yeah, man. Eight and five, and. So grateful, man. God's done such wow. good. He's been so good to me. Well, you realize how long that's been? That has been. Yeah. So right, next next podcast, we got to make your wife. Uh, I was about to say, yeah. God, so we know Love. Chris. We know Chris even longer than I realized. We've known you a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, long time. All right. Well, thanks for being with us, uh, Chris. And be sure you can go to christomlin.com. All the information is there about this project or really anything going on. And hopefully the every all the things that you know were scheduled to happen beyond all this pandemic, the, the Lord will be gracious and we'll get to the other side of it. And you can keep up with him there. And uh, Chris, just thank you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University.